So at the end of this earthly life, hopefully I will be in heaven and have the opportunity to talk to Jesus. And I have some questions for him. How he, as a mother, a loving God, could ever allow the Packers to win a football game. That's going to be the first question I ask him. The second question is on degrees of goodness. Just answer this debate. What is actually better, Chicago or New York-style pizza? Which one's better? He may not even know. And third, how can I be 6'2 and not be able to dunk? I don't get it. Two inches, I could dunk. But after that, once we get into more spiritual things, this is honestly might be one of the first questions I want to talk to you about. What did you write in the ground? This is a tense moment. There is a lot of tension. The Pharisees are going after Jesus. They think they have caught him. They think that they can have him where no matter what he says, they've got him. Yet he finds a way in his infinite wisdom to just absolutely turn it over on them. And whatever he wrote in the ground just absolutely broke down whatever uh, evil intentions that they had and really cut him to the core. You can see him just really walking away. You wonder what were those Pharisees thinking when they walked away after thinking they had Jesus in the corner and here he is. So, so what is it that he wrote? And we won't, we won't know, we don't, uh, up until uh, we're in heaven and have the opportunity to talk to him. But there's a reflection that a theologian said where he thinks that in the ground he was writing the sins of the men watching, reading their souls, which, as we know, Jesus can do for all of us, but for them, this might have been the first time. You think of the elders who have been close, what would it have been like to see the sins that they committed? Their eyes starting to get big, slowly back away. Then the young, maybe zealous ones come up and all of a sudden he writes their sins. In this moment where we recognize as human beings with them a little bit, in this private of our lives, there might have been things that we've done or even with, with actions that we've done with people, things that we've said, ways that we've treated people that we're, we're ashamed of, we're embarrassed about. The woman caught in adultery obviously is a very public scene, yet Christ shows nothing but mercy to this woman. He's there and saying, here I am, picking you up, showing you my merciful love, bringing you back into relationship with me. Will you have that example? And, and this is just such a beautifully comforting scene. If this gospel scene does not provide comfort and mercy for you, then you need to go back and pray with it some more, because this is just such a comforting, beautiful scene. And it, at this time of Lent, it's key. It's key for us. Because when we think about it, our relationship with God is that based on love. He created us to love Him. He created us so that with free will, we would choose Him. And obviously, in our own lives, we're all sinners here, myself first and foremost. We've made decisions that have distanced us. But when we come back to Christ, when we come back to him and say, I choose you, it's such a lie for us to believe that he is going to do anything but accept us with mercy and just love. That's why he created us. And yes, that free will, we've turned away, but ultimately it's saying yes that he's looking for like the father that we talked about last week, out looking for his children. He's always waiting for us to come back. 
Yet we get so closed in, we get so turned inwards with our own actions where we say, oh my goodness, I can't talk about uh, my sins in the sacrament of confession. I can't tell anyone what's going on. That, that's such a lie. To recognize that this is a beautiful recognition of sacrament of confession, something that we have in our lives, something that we're called to do before Lent, and something that we're going to have the opportunity this Wednesday, the whole diocese, for 11 hours or 12 hours on Wednesday, every church in the Diocese of Rockford is going to be available for confession. All priests, hands on deck. I remember last year, Father Ganella taking, uh, giving me their lunch orders to go make sure that they had the nutrients to be able to just eat. They're just working all day. It's a beautiful day of mercy. And for those of you who are thinking about it, go. For those of you who are thinking, I'm not going to go, go. The sacrament is a beautiful opportunity for us to recognize that God already knows everything we've done in our life. God knows exactly where we're at. And he's looking at us just saying, here's this opportunity for you to receive my mercy. Here's this opportunity for you to receive my love. I recognize it can be difficult to get past the fact that there's a human in the box when we go to confession. There's a, there's a man there, someone we look up to, a priest. And I've had those moments in my life where it's like, oh my goodness, I just, I don't know if I can talk to him about it. That's Jesus in there. We, we believe that. That's, that's Jesus in there. Simple men can't perform miracles. In a short bit, when Father Sarmiento steps up to the altar, as a man, he can't perform a miracle. He can't take bread and turn it into God. But that's what we believe, that through the sacrament of ordination, Jesus, another Christ, Jesus takes over and works through his hands to bring that sacrament. It's the same thing in the confession. It's no longer a priest. It's Jesus. It's a mystery, but that's what we believe. You're going directly to Jesus. And I've heard so many people say like, well, why can't I just talk to him in, in the quiet of my room? This is how we know for a fact, a gift that God has given the church to say that when you go in and you bear your soul, you tell Jesus what he already knows. When the priest says, I absolve you, those sins are gone. They don't exist anymore. They're gone. That is a beautiful thing. And that is something we can never get any other place than the confessional. Now, is God able to work outside of mystery? Yeah, that's a whole different talk. But this is the sacrament that he gave us to let us know, I can forgive you of your sins through the words of the priest, through me working through the priest. It's amazing. And maybe some people have told me, I can't remember my sins, it's been too long. I've even had someone come up to me and say, I, I didn't know what to do when I went to the confessional, so I just started making sins up. And I probably did them at one point. Don't do that. That's not a good thing to do. But ask the Holy Spirit. Bring him into that communication as you're preparing to go to confession. Holy Spirit, enlighten whatever's in my soul that you want me to talk about. One of my absolute favorite prayers at Divine Mercy Chapel, that great feast we're going to celebrate the week after Easter, it takes three minutes, three and a half. It's a very short prayer. If you don't know how to say it, look it up on Google. Ask the Holy Spirit, whatever is in my heart that I need to bring confession, show it to me. It's going to be amazing. 
don't continue living without the mercy of God. It, it's such an important sacrament in my own life. I, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the sacrament of confession. I honestly wouldn't. It's just such an important thing that I feel so blessed to be able to have in my life. I was blessed to go to a Catholic high school. I went to confession every week because I needed to. And it made a huge difference. And when I got away from fervently practicing my faith, the first thing that went was confession. And when I got back into my faith and all of a sudden started discerning, the first thing that came back was weekly confession. And that's something I continue to do, not because I'm better than anybody else, but because I honestly need it. That's examine of how we go through our life. And, and in a world that's so willing to blame other people, in a world that's so willing to, to never have the blame be on us, it's such a, a beautiful humility that when you live in reality, when you live in absolute truth, when you bring that out into the light with your relationship with Christ, that's when you begin to grow. That's when you take those huge steps of being a saint, is by living in reality, living in the truth, and allowing that grace of the sacraments to work in your life. Don't, don't, don't avoid the sacrament any longer. And for those of you right now who are saying, Deacon John, I hear you. There's no way I'm going to confession on Wednesday. I'm gonna be praying for you these next few days. And do not let this Easter pass without you receiving that grace of the sacrament. If it's just like, no, I can't do it. Holy Spirit, I'm gonna tell him, he knows who you are, I'm praying for you. And it, let that, that grace will open up your heart to be open to this great sacrament. It's a beautiful opportunity for mercy. And mercy and love is the only thing you're going to find in the confessional if you go. So let's keep praying for each other as we go to these next two weeks before Easter. It's the holiest weeks of the year. I really pray that through the sacraments of the Mass and the confession, that this is the best Easter of your life. The best Easter as a Christian and as a, a daughter and son of God. Say yes to the mercy of God. You'll be happy that you did.